Welcome to Trash Romance Central. I am your hostess with the mostest, Becca, no last name, and I have a very, very special guest with me um, this afternoon, this evening, I guess. <laughs> um, I have Kristen from DZ for DZ joining me. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Uh, I have no air conditioning and it's 90 degrees outside, <laughs> but hopefully that'll be fixed soon. <laughs> soon <laughs> what better time to talk about romance movies when you have no ac that just uh-huh. seems seems very fitting Listen, um it's a good distraction yeah so this this is kind of like a anti-trash episode i think you had called it like recycling bin or something when i like texted I- you and asked <laughs> you to be on the show yes i did although i don't know <laughs> Oh, I, we're going to get to it. I know. We're okay, going to get okay. to it. We're going to get to it. Okay. Um, so, yeah. But compared to what the last um, two movies, and if this is like the first episode that you're listening to because you're here for, for the amazing Kristen, that's totally fine. Um, the last couple of episodes, we have like covered what I would consider to be like true, true trash. Um, we mm. co- covered the after series and we also covered uh, both uh, movies of 365 D&I. Um, and yeah, those are like just really trash. <laughs> That's like the nice <laughs> way of putting it. Um, and so today we're going to be talking about some classic films, specifically You've Got Mail. And the first, the kind of the first episode, I kind of said that trash to me is anything that fits those kind of classic rom-com tropes. But in that same regard, trash is all kind of like, I don't know, smut or anything of that nature and so you've got mail definitely does not fit into that category um but i did a rewatch this morning while i was working and i like tagged kristen on twitter and was like i don't know like i <laughs> i was i was mentally like ripping this movie apart i think i almost ruined it for myself but then the end happened which we'll get into and then the, the end always gets me and so the end happened and i was like oh but I can't. So, yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll get into it. But you said that you um because yeah, go ahead. You said you rewatched it last week, right? With like your podcast brain. Yes, I rewatched it with like my DZ brain, where I'm like, okay, like you know, attention to this. I mean, I've seen it so many times. I don't. I probably didn't need to quote watch it again. But when I did, I was like, oh crap, like. I always defend this movie and then I was like so many things have not aged well and there are tropes in here that I absolutely like hate but I've never noticed like that they exist in this yeah. movie until I watched it again last week to record with you and I was okay I was sitting here bragging about how this is like this like wholesome amazing movie and I'm like I think it's actually closer to the trash bin than the recycling bin <laughs> No, like, I, I totally feel that because I've watched it. I actually watched it not too long ago. I think I watched it. Um, and this was even before, like, I was even starting to be bullied to start a podcast. So I just watched <laughs> I watched it purely with just like nostalgia. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think the only problematic thing that stood out to me back then, it was just like Dave Chappelle's character, because I'm like, okay, I forgot about the the black best friend funny comic relief trope um so that was like the only thing that stood out to me when i was watching it for purely like nostalgia purposes and then i just had it on the background this morning because i was like oh i'm gonna record with kristen later so just you know have it on 
And I was just like, holy crap. Like, it was just, <laughs> I don't know if I'm being like over analytical. So I'm like really, really looking forward to hearing your thoughts about it. Cause at one point I was just like, Rebecca, I think you're like actually ruining this for yourself. Cause like you're just <laughs> really concentrating yeah. on like the bad parts. That is exact- <laughs> yes, that's exactly how I felt. And I'm like, I've literally been watching this movie for like 20 years and like, not once have all these things occurred to me at any one given time until I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it for the podcast. I'm so excited to get to talk about one of my <laughs> favorite movies. <laughs> and now I'm like, I am going to have to like have two different compartments in my brain to watch this. Like my, I think you called it like your nostalgia brain. Like, mm-hmm. And I also think this speaks to the power of Tom and Meg because oh, absolutely. I think they're and just that's, so yeah. witty and charming that like, it's really easy to overlook that stuff. Absolutely. Because if this were happening in a romance novel I was reading, I would probably DNF it. Yeah. Like No, that that really I hate and, cheating and there's emotional cheating oh my God. in this. Oh my god. So I okay, you know what? Wait, I'm like skipping. I'm okay, jumping. Okay. I'm jumping. <laughs> I have like a whole introductory period and I ask you questions, but like <laughs> I'm getting and carried we're just away. Jumping around. <laughs> I'm getting so carried away right now. Okay, so before we get into <laughs> you've got no um i do have something a couple questions and i, I think you're okay. probably familiar with this if you listen to the the past two episodes um yes. i have something called a trash meter um and so it starts with dumpster fire and then it goes up to clean as a whistle mm-hmm. um i think i don't know i think most of our listeners because they're from twitter and they're familiar f- with you from dz's would probably agree that you're like somewhere in the middle. And that's going to be like my guesstimation. I don't think that you're clean as a whistle because I know that we both enjoyed um, SBA and that was very toxic and trash. But I also know that Mm -hmm. you love some of those like really, really like classic um, romance tropes and the angst and all of that. So I would, I'm going to say that you're in the middle, but please feel free to correct me. (laughs) So the first question is top three romance movies. Um, these do not have to be of all time because I know you've probably seen a lot because <laughs> I know I have. Um, these I don't know be... if I've seen as many as you, but <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I don't think anyone has. Um, <laughs> which but that's what makes you not... like to have a podcast like this. <laughs> but also, it might be a sickness. Um, I'm, I haven't decided if if it's a good thing or not. Um, so yeah, these can be recent or kind of the ones that really stand out to you. Um, they One of them cannot be You've Got Mail, just because we are talking about that today. So try to pick um, another one if that is like in your top three. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I was like, I knew you were going to ask this. And I was like thinking so hard about it last week when we were first initially going to record. Mm-hmm. And then I just totally forgot to give it any thought. And so now I'm, I feel so woefully unprepared. <laughs> no, but, I, that's um, how I, I want I, you. I do love <laughs> I do love the caveat that it doesn't have to be of all time because I feel like that's constantly that is you know? such a hard question and that's with any content like I know True. you're a reader um and I used to be a reader and now I mostly just read smut but even if someone was like what's your favorite like smut novel I would still be like I don't like of all time I have no idea like you grow with yeah, age like you, and you grow exactly. like, especially what we're talking about today, like the stuff that we tend to, to latch onto when we were younger, we grow mm-hmm. up and we realize that they're not, you know, as <laughs> aware or they've come a little bit problematic. So that's kind of why I put that stipulation on it. 
Yeah, no, and I love that because I would say even my reading tastes have changed even in the last like two or three years. Like mm-hmm. stuff that I'm like looking back on that I read three years ago and was like, this was a five star read. I'm like, can't even get past like the first two, three pages. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah. So, okay, movies. Um, all right. I'll say When Harry Met Sally. Okay, that's a good one. Say that is just like a con that's a constant fallback for me uh so when harry met sally um sada jason which is a turkish movie actually based on a korean film named okay Al- always um and oh a third one yeah let me i will say probably return to me oh so good i know those are pretty clean they really are you are you're very low on the meter um we're gonna get (laughs) we're gonna get to tropes though so tropes always kind of tip this gal um but yeah as far as just like movies go those are very very like classic options but um i rewatched return to me actually like a week i think that was a week ago because you had um tweeted about it um actually you mentioned it in the dz for dz episode and you guys Mm -hmm. were talking about like the heart matching and stuff and it was a monday um and i said this offline to Kristen, but i work from home on mondays and so that's become kind of like my rom-com quote-unquote research day aka i watch movies while i work don't tell my job Mm -hmm. um and so i put on return to me because i haven't seen it in years um and that is honestly aged immaculately i can't think of anything off the top of my head I mean, of course, there's a lot of HIPAA violations, I imagine. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> off the top of my head, when it comes to just like like problematicness, I there was nothing that was just like, oh, this couldn't have came out three years ago, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because even yeah, I totally agree. Because I love rewatching like The Office, but I'm sitting here like most of these episodes would not be able to be like airing today exactly no yeah return to me didn't have any moments where i was like okay i don't know if this could have came out i think actually maybe i'm overstepping i think there is one scene with um i don't remember his his name but it's again the black comic character oh Um, or not cuba gooding what the heck that's what he calls him he calls him he just starts calling him like all of these other black celebrities yes to get like kids to chase him yeah but even that i was like okay i don't know like i could maybe kind of see that happening in like a sitcom or something like that would air Mm -hmm. today and it may or may not be an issue so yeah yeah, that's that one is aged like fine wine, and um, yeah, it's it's a classic. Yeah, I agree. So, next question: So, your mm-hmm. favorite trope and your least favorite trope, and this doesn't have to only be in movies. Um, I kind of have okay. stretched this out to like any type of romance content. Um, so this can be in like okay. novels or you know anywhere you get your romance. All right. One of each? Yes, one of each. So your, yeah, your most favorite trope and okay. your least favorite trope. Okay. Well, I'm pr- my most favorite is enemies to lovers. 
Really? I, I don't know. that. Yeah, that one just always serves, whether it's... And I know there's, like, different, like, sub-genres of it. Like, yeah, and I was going to ask... Yeah, I was going to ask that because um, when I had DZ Love and Chris on last episode, she... I think she likes both. She likes violent <laughs> enemies mm-hmm. to lovers. She said that there was... I, I don't know if you've read this book, but it sounded like... It was a part of the same series that you and Ash have talked about on the podcast. It was like, it had something of glass in the title. It was like one of those. Yeah, I think it was like a part of that series. And she said that there was like a a moment where, and I hope I'm not spoiling anything. And I hope it's not. Yeah, (laughs) I have no idea. But she just said something where like, they essentially want it to like, kill each other or they try to. And like, she likes that level. She likes that level of enemies to lovers. Yeah, and I think that works really well in fantasy novels specifically because mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to like excuse things like murdering and stuff yeah. like that because it's uh, <laughs> it's not really occurring in a world that exists today like a contemporary romance novel would. Right. Um. So yeah, I can see what she's saying because true enemies to lovers in a contemporary like modern setting would kind of be more difficult. I think a lot of those would fall more under rival. But, like, I kind of like the whole umbrella of it. There's just something about, like, just the fact that, like, you guys get on each other's nerves or you really can't stand this one thing about them or you've made a specific judgment on them based on a specific action or thing they've said or done. And then, like, you've you've kind of built this whole yeah we're all we're all a sucker them. for the their pride and prejudice format at this point. And that's yeah. that's essentially where it originated from. We're all suckers That's for true. It. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It, Jane Austen Jane like, Austen, championed that, didn't she? She essentially <laughs> created, uh, yeah, enemies to lovers, rivals to lovers, what do you want to, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I I give her credit for that, for sure. Okay, awesome. What about your, your least favorite one? And this is going to be a shock to me because I feel like I knew, I knew that enemies to lovers was like your jam. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't um, know what to, to guess for this one. Okay, I have to... My abs, like what I hate. Well, I real, I honest, I hate. I don't know if these kind of go in the same hand in hand, but like they can sometimes. Like love triangle slash cheating. Like, mm, yeah. Oh, I just I re- there obviously there's like exceptions because like there's a couple books I've read that technically would like qualify as love triangle. Um, but I felt like it wasn't super central to the plot or like the main trope. But when it's like the main thing. I, I just really, I don't like it. It just, yeah. it's just not for me. Like, I understand yeah. there's other people who do not to yuck anyone's yum. I just, it's hard for me to forgive that and then want to yeah. root for someone. Like, I, it, yeah. It, it, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. Okay. Um, <laughs> Bridgerton. Okay. <laughs> season two. <laughs> oh, you're going there. Okay. <laughs> we, we had this conversation. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had like a, an emergency space after the season was over i'm yes. i just i question my life choices like i need to be like <laughs> I, like I should be trying to get a mortgage and i'm like having emergency spaces for bridgerton um but we we had to have a conversation we had to talk it was important and yeah i remember this being yeah. like a huge huge like thorn in your side was that they took this like and this is not a bridgerton podcast so we won't get into it too much but they took mm-hmm. essentially a story that was not a love triangle in the novels and made it one um in the series and so yeah i i actually this is not a surprise to me now that you say that it it adds it (laughs) adds up (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and I mean, to be, I don't expect book adaptations to be exact. I that's just silly. Like it just things that work in a book don't work on screen. I just yeah, I really I felt like there was way too much screen time given to that goal. And yeah, I mean, you know all this already. So yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know it too well. <laughs> I do. We've had some really good conversations about that. But no, I I think I agree to a point. Um, I think I can stomach Love Triangle if it's like pretty in pink. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's a very, very old mm, movie okay. from the 80s where yes. Um, yes. She, she never, like the lead character never gave um, Ducky, who was like the, the, I guess like the third of the Love Triangle, the unrequited love. Mm-hmm. She never gave him any inkling that she was going to be with him. So technically, I don't even know if that's considered a love triangle, but I guess it is. Yeah, see, but I there's that's, no that's the thing is like, how do you define it? I think I would say if I would say if there is love between three people, and it doesn't matter like who like who it goes to. Does that make sense? So like, it doesn't yeah. matter um, if one person doesn't return that love. It just means that like there are emotions. And confusing feelings between any three people. I would say that's probably still a love triangle, like in a writer's mind or like a a director's mind. Because like I can get behind um, like someone's like been secretly pining, Mm -hmm. you know, like for years, but they've always like been with someone else or they this. I don't see that as a love triangle. Okay. They're like not actively trying to make something happen. Um. Like, okay, I mean, for and I don't mean, um, this isn't shade, but, like, for example, in Bridgerton, like, Anthony's clearly pursuing Edwina, but he's also fighting his feelings for Kate and constantly, like, putting himself in situations where he's, right. you know, um, in compromising positions with her and things like that while still continuing to pursue Edwina versus, like, um, in Francesca's book, um, and I don't know how it's going to play out on screen, but, like, the hero's been pining for her for years, but has always kept quiet about it because she was with someone else. And, yeah, um, you know, like, and he respected that and dealt with it the best way he could. And so I'm like, well, technically that could be a love triangle because he loves her. Right. Her, you know, the other guy loves her, but there's not like a tug of war happening. Yeah, but I feel like people would, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, That might be have something we... I open up like maybe I'll do like a Twitter poll or something. I don't know. Okay, because <laughs> that's yeah, like, I, that's interesting. I love that book. I love I love that's like hers is probably my favorite book in the Bridgerton series. So, and I don't I just don't consider that a love triangle at all. So gotcha. Yeah, I'd be, I'd yeah. be curious to see what other people thought. Okay, yeah. Can there be a love triangle without emotional cheating? Essentially, I guess is what the question we're asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> uh, moving on to the. The topic of <laughs> of extreme hand. I cannot wait to get into this. Um, I know yeah, <laughs> we're talking about you've got Mel. Um, I do want to start with the things we love about it. I don't want to just like you know just trash it because at the end it. of at the end of the day, <laughs> like this is a classic for a reason. Um, and the rom com genre as we know it, for better or worse, really has kind of changed in present years. Um, we're not really seeing mm-hmm. these type of rom coms. And again, like depending on um 
your perspective, that could be a good thing because there there are a lot right. of problematic things that were in these classic rom coms, but they are they still feel great, you know, to go back to you and mm-hmm. kind of like a warm blanket. Um, and so <laughs> before we yeah, before that's we, such a good way to put yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> call out all of the stuff that we realize isn't that okay. <laughs> I do want to talk about um some of the things that we really do love about You've Got Mail. And so yeah, we can start what you mentioned earlier, just like the chemistry between Tom and Meg. I truly think. And this was their second movie that they had done together because they did Sleepless in Seattle. I want to say like, was it fourth? It's actually their third movie. What? Really? Yeah. Joe and the Volcano was like in, I want to say that was even before uh, Sleepless in Seattle. I've never seen that. <gasps> really? No. I I've only watched it a couple times, but it's is it a, Is it like an, is it an adventure? Is it? What is like? What's the genre? It is okay. It's been a very long time since okay. I watched. Okay, so I'm like putting you okay, on the so spot. <laughs> no, that's okay. So it was done in 1990. So this was before Sleepless or You've Got Mail. So this was actually their first film together. Um, and on IMDb, it says when a hypochondriac learns that he's dying, he accepts an offer to throw himself in a volcano at a tropical island, and along <laughs> the way there, learns to truly love. <laughs> that description clearly quality (laughs) plot right there that sounds that actually sounds very trash and i want to watch it okay well that's news to me yeah (laughs) that's Um, news to me and that okay that really makes sense on why the chemistry in this one is so sublime because they had already worked with each other two times prior twice yeah i just remember it being very like eccentric um I, I honestly can't recall. It's been a long time. It's not one that, like, stuck with me. So yeah. So it's not one I've, like, watched over the years. Um, but, yeah. So I think it's probably just one of those fun, easy watches. Yeah. It doesn't take a whole lot of, like, um, concentration. Brain power. Or, yeah. Yeah. Brain I'll, power. Well, I will watch that next Monday. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, be my, that'll be my next Monday watch. Okay. Well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Live tweet it. Yeah. It's it. it's... <laughs> It really is just like palpable, the chemistry between them. Um, yes. And I think it's like one of my favorite things about You've Got Mail is that like those, like we said, like those parts of the plot that don't make sense. Like even when you really look at the trajectory of their relationship, like even mm-hmm. if it was not them, by the end, I would be like, do these people actually know each other well enough to like date? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't yeah, truly. Because <laughs> it's like, I lost track of like, the timeline, but essentially, I think, um, I want to say it's it's definitely under a year, but I know that we get, like, a holiday, so we get, like, Christmas. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we, we get, get, like... a couple seasons. We get a couple seasons, and I remember there being, I think there was, like, a, a New Year scene, so I can't determine how long the, the movie is supposed to be over the course of, but within that, their least, interactions... I would say at least fall to spring, because it yeah. starts out, don't you just love New York in the fall? Yes, and obviously yes. obviously final scene, it's very floral. So at right. the very least, fall to spring. Um, yeah. Like nine months, maybe. <laughs> yeah, okay, nine months. And, like, because they don't talk about, like, early on when they're chatting, they don't talk about too many personal details like at first Mm -hmm. like it's just very generic like we talked about books and um we like the same types of music and like kind of stuff like to talk about pride and prejudice at some point they don't ever really tap into like what i would imagine i would want to know from a partner before i start dating 
And, like, yeah, that is not something that, like, even crosses your mind, though, when they get together at the end. Because you're, like, the chemistry is just so strong and it just makes sense. <laughs> it, I know. It, it's seriously, it's, like, some kind of spell they put. They yeah. Can, like, put on you. Because I'm, like, the fact that it took me, like, 20 years to see how many issues this movie actually has, like. It's saying something. to that. <laughs> um, and I think what makes them, too, like, what's so awesome about their chemistry is that, like. Don't get me wrong. They're very good looking people, but they're, 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 they feel more relatable than most like movie stars and their characters, I should say, feel more relatable than you would see a lot of movie stars portraying as far as like their looks, how they dress, like, um, if that makes sense. No, like, you know, and and that's, they feel like your average person, which is like refreshing. Right. (laughs) And no, that, and that was, that was very common. Like even with these classic rom-coms is I did notice that it was more about like average Joe Smo and his name is Joe mm-hmm. um <laughs> finding love um and yeah it was like you said it was more relatable they weren't like super dressed to the nines um like super prim and popper or anything like that so i i completely yeah. yeah that's that's like an added perk to watching the movie for sure i agree yeah um so yeah i love i mean this goes with their chemistry but like their witty banter even when they're just talking to each other as strangers mm-hmm. um and even i mean even when it gets you know ugly when they first meet and she doesn't know that he's you know her aol right guy, but, yeah um, <laughs> and she also doesn't know no, that even, he's her uh enemy at the very beginning yeah like when he right, goes into exactly. the bookstore with his exactly when he goes into the bookstore with his let me make sure i get this right his <laughs> uncle Wait, no, his nope. aunt and his brother. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who, um, if you have not seen this film, which I hope you have right now, you've got Mel as a classic and um, we won't really be like doing a full recap because it's been out for a really long time. So I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. <laughs> essentially his entire uh, male arc, like in his family are sleazy men is the vibe that I got. <laughs> um, and so his his grandfather had a baby recently um and she how old do you think his his quote-unquote aunt is probably like 11 yeah. or 12 maybe yeah say maybe like 10 or 11 yeah um, and, and then his he was like five yeah his dad had a uh, a son at a very old age as well and he's like five years mm-hmm. old so yeah it's a, a very funny classic scene when they like try to figure out this this entire nonsense but yeah from the very bat you could tell that she was like intrigued by him um mm-hmm. and didn't know um and so yeah it's 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 so good like i just yeah i want to rewatch it again yeah. and i just i watched it this morning <laughs> i know i love i love i love that whole scene when they're in the bookstore and he obviously knows who she is yeah um and not who she is like who he's talking to but just knows that she's the local bookstore owner who they're eventually going to put out of business. Yeah. And, and she has, one, she yeah, has, yeah, she has no Noble, idea. Essentially. Yes, it essentially was right. the Barnes and Nobles. It's like what Fox is it? and Sons, but yeah, it's, like, it's like Fox it's and literally Sons literally Barnes and Noble. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah. And the, oh, the, the funniest part, I think, of that encounter is when um, his brother, she's like, how do you spell dog? And he's just like, F-O-X. F-O-X. <laughs> he's like, okay, we're going to go. Did you know when they leave and that goldfish gets or the balloon gets stuck in the door? Mm-hmm. That was actually 
that was not in the script that just happened on accident. And Tom Hanks ad-libbed, good thing it wasn't the goldfish. Seriously? Uh, yeah, and oh they kept God. it. So, like, Meg Ryan laughing right there is, like, a genuine See, you tell me, you like, tell me stuff like Tom that, is. and how am I supposed to ever hate this movie, truly? I know, right? Like, I love that so much. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, and it, it goes to show why that scene was just done like so well because it really felt like a just like a natural interaction um and i think the entire movie speaks to that of just like you know i love rom-coms for a form of escapism but this Mm -hmm. was just like the perfect balance of that realism that you really just felt like you were watching two people fall in love like naturally and it wasn't like um yeah like you said like over the top or forced and so it's just yeah i totally that's a good yeah i totally agree because on one hand yes what are the chances that you're like, um, and mind you, this was 1998, you guys. So mm-hmm. online dating and stuff was like, and like meeting people was very, very new. <laughs> yeah, not, they met in t- like Tinder a... Tinder did not exist. None they met in like a existed. chat a chat room for, mm-hmm. what did she say? Like over 30? Over, yes. <laughs> yeah, wandered into an over 30 chat room for a joke. Um, and they got to talking. And that was a fairly new phenomenon back then. So, um yeah, it and takes it took like to that out there. ten minutes for her, and that's like one of the classic openings of like the movie is like hearing that like the the, the um, dialogue, yeah, and like yeah, the dialogue connect. I know half these people are like, "What is that?" Like, half the people listening are probably like, "I don't even know what that is." They don't even know what dial-up internet is. <laughs> Did you ever use? Um, well, I think everybody pretty much used AOL at one point in time. But like, oh, were yeah. you ever like in the? I actually had AIM, AOL Instant Messenger. Me too. Um, Me too. And I don't. What was your screen name? Oh my god, Beauty Red Fifty Eight. <laughs> oh, mine was. <laughs> I don't know why was... it was that. Actually, now that I think mine... about it. <laughs> mine was Motor Mouth Eleven, but it was just oh MTR for motor because the actual word motor was taken. Uh, I feel like I haven't evolved much because my handle. Yeah, I was about to say your. I was about to say your email address. Like I had to, I had to send her the link to record the podcast, and it was like Jabber Jaws, and I was like, cool. (laughs) So I'm glad you haven't strayed away too much from your original self. No, I think (laughs) I think um, like back then, I think they still do this actually. But if you didn't have like ideas, I think they like gave you ideas for usernames. And so I mm-hmm. think that's how they got created. I think I just like put in a whole bunch of random stuff and, and my favorite color was red. And I don't know and where. I just like generated that for I for don't you. know where 58 came from. Like I don't, I truly don't know. Yeah, my, my 11 <laughs> came from because that was my age at the time. So that was 1998 when this movie came oh out. Oh my actually, God. When I first got my AOL, I was 11. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the whole meeting people online was very new and but so even today, though, what are the chances that the person you happen is like the millionaire who's going to put your small business? Out I know. So I like, know. Yes, that's yeah. the unrelatable part. But then, like you said, the relatable part is the way they conversed and, you know, just slowly but surely we're breaking because, you know, right, right at the beginning, she's like, we don't talk about anything personal. But then they kind of venture into that when she's like, I need help with my business. Like, yeah. You know? um, and so they they do. like So you just kind of see that organic growth i guess yeah and it's it's definitely expedited like we mentioned in the beginning like it's definitely like i think there are still some things that were clearly left out but like in itself these just seem like natural conversations that people would be having especially in that time period and so i think that's why it's such a good one to go back to because it really does give you that sense of nostalgia um there's even like a funny part where he kind of goes on a rant about 
how like picking Starbucks um, allows people to like essentially make decisions. <laughs> First of all, how like, oh my God, like I was like, oh, decaf. it's so funny but i will say during that part i was just like okay i could imagine like my boyfriend like going on a rant and me just like doing the hugest of eye rolls and i was like that's Uh how you know that like that um she's so like even in love at this point because she's just like at the starbucks thinking about this rant but looking at it like longingly and like not even like (laughs) not even like a like oh my god he's so annoying type way she's like thinking about him ranting and she's just like smiling and i'm like girl get it together like (laughs) like what the heck um but yeah i think they say he says like the price of coffee and it was like two dollars and 25 cents and i was just Uh like okay yeah this is we're definitely back in the the 90s because starbucks a small starbucks is probably like five or six dollars now if you're even lucky a tall decaf cappuccino and depending on the milk you get, yeah. no way is that thing two ninety five. <laughs> so yeah, that was not important, but like my ears perked up because I was just like, holy crap, coffee used to yep. be really cheap. So cheap. Or like, yeah. when you look at cell phones, like texting wasn't really a thing. Cell phones were barely a thing. And if you had them, they were like, you know, those like brick flip phones. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's when, um, yeah, like that's when people were still using like pagers and stuff. Um, like the beepers that you like put on your hip. And so, yeah, 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 I can, I think we kind of (laughs) rolled off into a a 90s recap, but. (laughs) A 90s nostalgia. Yeah, recap. Listen, most of the people listening were probably barely bored in the 90s. I know. (laughs) We got to lay the foundation and groundwork for them. (laughs) We got to make everything make sense for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we talked about their chemistry. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess just like. What are some of, like, your favorite, like, truly favorite moments and scenes that, like, you, Mm. besides the end, because I think we need to have, like, an actual, like, not, like, unpacking session, but, like, I think we both. that gets its own thing. Yeah, Yeah, I think it can get its own thing. So, like, besides the end, what is another moment that feels, like, that extra warm blanket? (laughs) So, I love when she is, she's kind of, I don't want to say, like, spiraling, but you know, she's kind of questioning, like, what do I do now? Um, it like, what is like, really, what is my purpose? What is it that I really do? Uh, you know, it's like when, uh, what's his, I, you know, I should stink and know his name for as many times as I've watched this movie, but Greg Kinnear's character. Um, oh yeah. Her wet blanket of a boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, you know, what you do is just this incredibly noble thing. You are a lone reed. Um, but when she's like talking later to Tom, to Tom Hanks, to to Joe, to her mystery, to NY one, I should just be saying to NY one five two, um, you know, she's like, she basically tells him like, I know we've basically not talked about a whole lot of important things. Mm-hmm. then um but she basically says you know it's like speaking out into the void because she doesn't really know him but she's like all this nothing has meant more to me than so many somethings mm-hmm. and then she's like so good night dear void um i i just really i love that moment because i think that's so relatable like whether it's in a relationship or a friendship or whatever, like we have those people who we can just talk to for so long about nothing. 
Like, yeah. you just feel so, um, you just feel so full and, um, like, no, and intent. It, yeah, and it also goes to show that her and her partner, which, and they talk about this eventually, realize that they're not compatible because they're not, like, truly passionate about, like, the same things. Like, he's, like, a, he's a, a writer, um, and so, yeah, he's, like, in love with his typewriter, um, <laughs> And so you have these, yeah, yeah you have these moments Literally. where the nut who's obsessed with this yeah, typewriter, the, the nut at the observer, um, yeah. and so she never gets the opportunity to really use him as a void, like you said. Like I think she, um, she's used to kind of being on the receiving end because he's yeah, just well, so I mean, passionate about stuff, which is great. Right. Well, and even. Even when he, when she's having that conversation with him about like, well, I'm just wondering about my work and what is it that I really do? She doesn't finish that thought. And he's just like, Kathleen, what you do is this incredibly yeah. noble thing. And like, then he starts, he doesn't he start this, like, typing? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he uses a typewriter <laughs> metaphor. Um, you know, you are a lone reed standing against the corruption of commerce or something like that you know yeah so it's like he kind of makes it about his like prosy way with words exactly um, and she just kind of does about encouraging her or yes, just listening to her exactly and the first thing when she goes when she goes to joe about advice at this point she doesn't know he's joe um mm-hmm. he tells her to go go to the mattresses from the the godfather mm-hmm. but it's like sound advice like it's actually something like it she, he doesn't make it about like himself or he doesn't give her mm-hmm. some like very vague um oh everything happens for a reason like he's very right. action minded and i think that's something that is a common trait between the two of them af- like throughout the film is that they're both very action based and so yeah that's just like that's that's a good scene um yeah, yeah that's that's all that's also one of my favorites that's um, a really good point though about him being action minded like i've i mean i've always liked that scene that you just described but like putting it under the microscope like that you're totally right like yeah, yeah it, he's using his experience in business exactly and i think that's what he's she, using it to help her that's what she wanted and i think even mm-hmm. like even when she asks um oh, i'm so bad with names too her the older woman birdie birdie like mm-hmm. she's like what would my mom do like I think it's for like yeah. comedic effect, but she's mm-hmm. just like, oh, what, what, like no one actually gives her any type of like really solid advice. Like everyone just kind of says like, oh, you know, like it'll get better or mm-hmm. change is a good thing. And I think she even like goes on a little rant later about like people say things change, but that just means um they're not what they used to be. And so I think that's, yeah, which is yeah. Like, people always say that change is a good thing, but all it really means is like something along the lines of like you know for as many times as i've seen this movie you think i, can I know and i just said it but yeah i i know what scene you're talking about like later when she's sick and he's come to see her yeah um, and that yeah. is that's my favorite scene i think is the is the sick scene um oh, because you can tell how hard he's like trying um yeah. and and that moment of course where she um she like goes on like a a rant and she's like, Oh, I just keep saying things that, you know, when I see you, I just say all these angry things. And so she goes to try to say something else. And he like puts his hand over her mouth Mm -hmm. and you just like melt into a pile of goo. Cause you're just like, how sweet is this? Um, yes. Cause he's like, let me help you. Not, yeah. Not feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, And that's when we get that like first, I think we get the first official, what do you want to call them like imaginary butterfly 
like that you can actually see i think pass between the two of them because i think at this point she still has so much disdain for him well yeah he's and so you don't like just put her out of business literally just put her out of business she is she broke up with i mean granted it was a very passionate list Passionateless, passionless, um, <laughs> passionateless. Sorry, uh, you know, even her and um, Frank—that's his name. Even her and Frank's like breakup. You know, they both are like, oh yeah, we don't love each other. You know, and I think that's kind of—I feel like that's the um, the sugar to help the bitter medicine go down, mm-hmm. where you like feel a little more justified about like what has happened emotionally between yeah um joe and i I know it justifies it but i think that's i know but it it was an obvious plot device yes 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 by the creators breakup yes and even on the Uh, side of of joe's insufferable girlfriend like when i rewatched the elevator scene i was just like wow they really want us to hate her so that we don't feel yeah. any like remorse or regret about the fact that yes. he has essentially kind of emotionally cheated up to this point so we'll get we'll get into that but <laughs> okay, okay i do i do agree um that the yeah the the breakup scene with frank was done well um in the way that it just really showed the audience that like okay they're not meant for each other like this is not something that like she needs to like pine over or like right or feel a lot of guilt that they broke exactly clearly feeling the same way they just both got comfortable with each other and not in a not in a good way like yeah and they even say that they're like my husband you know right but but not not in a way where i'm indifferent towards him exactly (laughs) and that's what they said they were like we're perfect with each other it's more of that on paper thing um Mm -hmm. that i think we've talked about a lot like offline it's just like how some some couples and even like in writing or dz's or shows like look good like quote unquote Mm -hmm. on paper um but then you have that other interest who is um the sparkly one um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's why like i love hallmark movies but they do this like to they do this to the point of beating a dead horse um because and knows like the perfect on paper guy like works at like a bank and like finance and he has like a really really boring job like to the Uh point where it's like you're not even being subtle at showing us that she's not gonna actually end up with this guy because he leaves he leaves dinner to answer a work call oh my god he's just terrible (laughs) (laughs) and the guy she ends up with like paints butterflies for a living i don't know something like really stupid and like artistic and like barely has a job but we're supposed to root for him because he's like not the on paper guy i'm sorry yeah. i just wanted a mini rant but no, like you're to- i get it i get it I yeah get it. and but so this Hallmark was done like own brand so you expect, no like, you absolutely expect that from them yeah, yeah but yeah. those tropes came from these like classic movies and they just really yes. i think they just really really dialed them up and i think this is one of the first times I saw this, I don't even know what to name it, but I saw this like, don't go for the on paper person trope and you go for the person mm-hmm. who kind of like drives you crazy and wild and yada, yada, yada. So I just kind of yeah. had to point that out because I thought that was a funny, <laughs> a funny development no, totally. over time. And like when you were saying too about um, the first time you would kind of feel that like butterfly spark between them, it's, it's, I think that's actually the first time they've probably ever like touched because like i don't think they've shaked shaked what is wrong with me i don't think they've ever shaken hands um or anything up until then and so it's kind of interesting that like at the oh wow that's a really good and this is like at least an hour in like because i remember looking up my screen and being like 
I have like 30 minutes left. Wow. Yeah, it's slow. It's a slow burn, which is what Yeah, I'm no, it, so, it's yeah. <laughs> it's super slow, but it doesn't feel like torture. Um, no. And I think it helps that it's like a 90 minute movie, but <laughs> it doesn't. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't. How slow can the burn be if it, if it goes start to finish in less than two hours? Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, have you gotten all of the, the good fuzzy feelings out of your system? <laughs> Do I we? Think, yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's jump into it. I want to say the the thing that really stood out to me today that as something that I didn't notice in the past, because of course, like the whole, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would use the term stalker, but I have heard that term used before to describe mm-hmm. this movie. <laughs> um, I would say more like catfish than cat. Stalker. Yeah, catfish. Catfish is probably the better term for it. I will say that jumped out to me, but the one that I never really like really realized was his mm-hmm. like family aspect like the fact that like he had like two kind of male arch types that were older to him and i think that does affect how he sees like his own relationships but i didn't like it didn't come off as like sleazy and creepy Mm -hmm. but on today's watch it did and i blame like you know just like the way things have shifted like we've lived through the me too movement and like all of these movements for women's bodies rights and things like that and so i was re-watching like his 60 year old dad like (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially just go through this like cycle of marrying like very young women and i was just like ill like this did yeah. not <laughs> right because listen I love, I, I love me a good age yeah i love me a good age gap but like his was just more about like the, the- transactional of it all like it was he yes, was he was yes, like a sugar he was like a sugar daddy like i think that's yes, fine to say. say because he's the rich you know ceo or you know right but li- maybe grandpa's the ceo i can't remember but yeah you know he, he obviously owns a multi-billion dollar company um so yeah the fact and the fact that like these women were like you know uh joe's nan as a kid yep or like you know <laughs> women that were like in that. very precarious positions like there was a power imbalance right. there, and sorry if we're being like fun suckers because. <laughs> but like, sure, yeah, no, I get it. But, but like, no, this, this is the like more nitpicky part, and I get it. Like, yeah, I I get it, and I'll still be able to like watch this movie and not like get hung up on that. But I do no, but think it's just it's worth pointing out. Sure, yeah, and it's like. Yeah, like, once you watch these things, and I say this all the time, like, you have to essentially turn off your feminist brain. Like, I do that mm-hmm. all the time. But it was something today that I was just like, wow, like, they didn't even, like, sugarcoat that aspect um, no, not of, at all. of that. <laughs> I will say the other thing is Joe is kind of an asshole. Like, uh-huh. if it was if he was not played by Tom Hanks, I don't think I would like him. And they never really redeem him like in my perspective, like of course, in her perspective, he he becomes redeemable because she mm-hmm. learns more about him. But from like the outside, like when it comes to his mindset about like essentially just like destroying small businesses, that never really changes. Like he just he he changes the way he treats her, right? But I don't like if if we're being like super nitpicky, what's to stop? him from doing that essentially to like another small business but like in the beginning of the movie they're like talking about he like goes in and like brags to hit brags to his like father and his grandfather about like another putting another books is going under yeah Yeah, and they're like all like clapping and stuff and i was like um we're supposed to like 
like this man um and I so know. well I, I mean think about like hashtag small business saturday was a thing for a long time where it's thing and pushing small businesses i like, know it's independent so, independent yeah. bookstores are the ones who authors are like that's who i'm offering my signed copies through so it encourages you to order through that so yeah of course like we're gonna be like ew <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> right like at at that time like like you said barnes and noble was like huge in the 90s like you didn't have ebooks and you didn't have audible and you didn't have like the Mm -hmm. option to just download movies on your kindle so these very large like retail bookstores were like killing it and so it's just such a funny thing that like that was something that i noticed like that i was like this guy just wants to destroy like all these uh-huh. small businesses. Like fuck you. Like what? Are you doing? <laughs> like like and it's, like you laugh about it, right? Like it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. Just like you glean this enjoyment out of it. Like I know. Like clearly, mm-hmm. you like want to do it again. So yeah, that was one thing where I was just like, Joe, as a as a human being, just does not seem like a great guy. <laughs> and that's not even like considering like the emotional cheating aspect that we haven't even got to yet. He just that's like, a good point. So like what you're yeah. saying is you've got mail too. Can't ever. Have happen because then we would just continue to see him probably so like small bookstores out of business (laughs) but no not even that i think like i was thinking about this and again like going back to that like darcy formula where pretty much all rom-coms like male leads are based upon Mm -hmm. there like that was mostly over misunderstandings like elizabeth perceived him a certain type of way that he wasn't actually like he was actually very kind to like the people who took care of his household and like he was very sweet to his sister and like mm-hmm. all these things um and so even i think you've got mel even h- hits the mark on trying to make him kind of this misunderstood bully because they kind of perceive him as one like they don't mm-hmm. like it's not like she thinks that he is one and then we see these like really nice kind acts i mean he does nice things for his like brother and his aunt but <laughs> When it comes right, to like, I don't he know, loves his family, he loves yeah, his dog, yeah, exactly. So like, I I don't know. I think you can tell that like again, they were going for that like Darcy type of character development, but mm-hmm. I don't think it really hits it here. Like when I was rewatching today, because I was just like, by the end of okay. Pride and Prejudice, I love Darcy for who he is. Like even if mm-hmm. Elizabeth like didn't quote unquote choose him, like Darcy is just like a. St- essentially a naive dumb male lead which is my bread and butter like we're not talking we're not talking about dz's but like demir from hurry to send is like essentially the same thing like they have hearts of gold they're just really dumb like they just don't know any better like and they're really bad at conveying their feelings exactly like being able to vocalize them yeah no joe is not that at all joe's problem not at all as you're talking, I can see where maybe they were trying to soften that. And maybe there's, like, deleted scenes and things that got taken out. Yeah. That would have given this more context. But, like, when he goes to meet her and his best friend, who's uh, who's now his name, his character name, I can't think yeah, of. Yeah, I just call him Dave Chappelle because I don't. That's who it yeah, is. It's Dave Chappelle. So when Dave Chappelle is, like. <laughs> Um, like, she kind of has the coloring of Kathleen Kelly, like, and he's like, ew, why are you saying that? And he's like, well, because it is Kathleen Kelly. So, you know, he knows going in exactly who she is. Um, and so he has the advantage of not revealing that he's the person she's waiting for. Exactly. So, you know, she thinks she just gets stood up, which is a jerk move. Um, yeah. And no, he does not that- correct her. He does not correct her. But yeah, he, he does. Her and he yeah, you you do start to see the because he almost leaves, right? Like he he like well he he does eventually because yeah. she finally okay because when they're talking anonymously to each other, 
you know, he's like, I wish that um, you and I could trade places because, you know, she's saying, I never think of the right thing to say yeah. when I need to say yeah. it. It's always like after the fact and I get, you know, I like stumble. And, you know, I think we can all relate to that where you're like, yeah. man, you think of a great comeback like two days later after like a confrontation. Um, and, you know, she's like, just once I'd love to be able to say exactly what I mean when I want to say it. And he's like, yeah. well, just to warn you, like, I have the opposite problem. I can always like basically deliver a zinger but then yeah then i feel bad about it and remorse immediately follows so i think that was something that them trying to yeah and i get that and like humanize him obviously like he's she's gonna find out that it's him but i would have loved to seen like an actual like apology i guess come from joe's mouth like to her prior to like the anonymous you know like the anonymous like pin name and stuff that makes any sense yeah um yeah because i think all we really get at the end is where he's like oh man yeah you'll excuse this guy you know but not me but i know we'll probably get into that when we talk about that yeah yeah you'll Um, forgive this guy for for standing you up but you won't forgive forgive me me for for just of putting you out of business business. (laughs) so yeah i I guess that was like an apology but i mean my point with the the whole coffee shop scene is like she finally does deliver that zinger Mm -hmm. and it affects him like yeah it does no it does he isn't able to just roll it right off right you know and so uh, you get these little things where it's like i can see where they were trying to show like he's not just this insensitive you know horrible um, yeah you know capitalist jerk kind of thing yeah um but yeah maybe there maybe there needed to be a little bit more of that to build on than just those yeah um, and i think i also just need to stop comparing every man to darcy because that's like i guess that's unfair (laughs) (laughs) i guess it's but i'm like if you're gonna use the formula like Mm -hmm. you know and um i actually have have you seen shop shop around the corner which is the yes with jimmy stewart okay which is what the movie is based, based on yeah based on mm-hmm. um i actually haven't seen that one but i think i've seen scenes but i think i've heard that his character is actually even more like they made him even more like cold like he's just like yeah, he's a, he's pretty ruthless. yeah like, he's pretty cold and a jerk i mean it was made in like the yeah late 20s yeah um, so that's that's so i <laughs> mean that should no tell you plenty right there about like so, men and like women i know <laughs> um yeah that's why i didn't but, watch that one because i was just like i was like um i love classic movies but mm-hmm. i'm like if you've got male kind of didn't like sell me on like joe like not being a complete like d-bag i can't imagine mm-hmm. like the original movie convincing me that this guy isn't just like <laughs> This like cold, heartless man. So <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch the the original movie. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Was there anything else that we needed to get to before we discuss like the ending? Emotional it's cheating? the ending or is like, all- oh right. Oh my god. Okay. Yes. Emotional cheating. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. So yes. When I watched the movie this morning, literally like as soon as it starts, she like mm-hmm. makes sure that frank is like gone to like oh, check right, her she, like, yes she checks around in the apartment i and, like, never opens her i don't think i That's ever so true. i never realized that and i was like whoa buddy like that is <laughs> like if you have to do that yeah then you already know it then you, you know that doing. it's something that you should not be done so yeah i will say that i was just like oh 
I kind of want to turn my brain off. I'm just like, oh, I'm ruining this for me. And it just started. But yeah, that was something I, that I noticed. <laughs> and um, does he do the same thing? I don't think he does the same thing. He, I mean, he definitely I mean, waits for her to leave. So there's still yeah, kind of that same. Patricia to leave. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> I do. I always say my one thing about Patricia that I love is when he says that she, he's like, Patricia makes coffee nervous. And I'm like, I would like to be known as someone who makes coffee yeah. nervous. Uh, but, but that's like probably the only thing I really love about her. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to her but honestly she really is a female version of him like when she even like she even says that and so that's again oh the double standard you're yeah and like like, (laughs) she's insufferable she's insufferable like to the point where like Mm -hmm. yeah we're like break up with this girl right now like in this elevator because she's just like complaining about um breaking a nail or something like that right when well, everyone's in, in doing the these heartfelt to yeah. his defense yeah he is very different in the elevator yeah he, he is not acting like her but you're right like okay when she says that um sorry i know we're rabbit trailing again but like when she says that thing where she's like oh and so and so's dead so that's one less person i'm speaking to and i'm like oh my gosh how <laughs> ruthless but then you're right i he then later is like city books is closing we just put this like family out of business and ha, that's ha, ha, and exactly we, like- <laughs> and and we didn't really and that's so that's why i was kind of like i get that he does outgrow her um yeah but like because he is starting to grow as a person yeah but, but it yeah. just it does go back to like that kind of like psychological tap-in that i feel like rom-coms do in convincing mm-hmm. you that like yeah, this is okay because like she's just so insufferable. But I'm like, Joe has like yeah. said similar things, and she even says that she's like, um, when they talk about she's talking about offering her a job, um, offering oh, Kathleen yeah, Kathleen a job, Kathleen. yeah, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, like if I were any other person, like she's like, oh, you're putting this poor woman out of business. You're, you're, um, what did she say? She's like, you're unfeeling. You remind me of someone, mm-hmm. and then she goes, me, <laughs> and like starts laughing. Yeah. And he could see the terror on his face. And so honestly, I think like, I think it took her like being who she was to realize that he's like, oh my God, I don't want to be this kind of person anymore. Like, so that's like, not who I want to be. Yeah. So. And so I get it. But like, I kind of hate that like when it has to be used as like the, the woman, sure, it's like, a double, cause it's a double I know standard, I'm just absolutely. like, okay, it's fine. Whatever. But yeah, that's yeah. not important. I kind of <laughs> derailed. Right. It's fine. It's not fine, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, emotional, emotional cheating. (laughs) Yes. So she checks around the apartment. He waits until Patricia's gone and then they get on. And then that's that whole spiel while the cranberry song is playing. And she's like, I just wait for those three little words. You've got, I know. Um, and I'm like, uh, they just start talking. And he says that thing about, you know, bouquets of newly sharpened pencils and he would send her one. Um, I actually, when Ashley got her first teaching job, I got her a bouquet of freshly sharpened pencils. Oh, that's so nice. I think she still has it on her desk now. But anyways, uh, because, yeah, like that's just one of my mo like it's a scene that sticks out to me is the whole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it like makes was. it like makes her day. Like, she literally goes to work, like, glowing. Yes. Like, she's like, don't you love working in New York in the spring? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, and like, someone's, like, cussing. Love- <laughs> yes. She's like, isn't it beautiful? And then, like, the cabbie's, like, cussing out his, like, passenger right behind yeah. them. And, and she's like, um, are the you The miscongeniality okay? girl whose name they can't remember. I know. Like, I can't uh, remember any of the side, the side characters' names. It's like we're watching oh, It's like we're watching a DZ all over again. I don't remember any of the side characters' names. But no, yeah, she's like, oh she's like, gosh. what's with you? Like, you're like so happy and smiling. And she's like, 
Oh, like. And she asks her, are you in love? And she's like, no. Yeah. And then, and she's, then like, she's like, oh, oh of course crap, I am. <laughs> of yes. course I am. Oh, my gosh. This is so. Like, I know. This is like someone you you knew you'd be like what are you doing um, yeah no if you, you know came what? if they you came like- to me and was like i met someone online i'd be like um and <laughs> yeah. it's in a twitter DZ chat <laughs> and i'd be like yeah, exactly yeah. this is like cheating a- kirsten please don't do this <laughs> for real well and even the fact that she has to ask it at one point where she's like is it is it um cheating if it's only like online or I think online. she says. I think she says, "Is it cheat? Is it cheating if it's online?" I think is what she asked. And then the girl was like, "Have you had cyber sex yet?" Yeah. And she's like, no, and she's like, "Good," because they lose all respect for you. And then Birdie's like, "I tried to have cyber sex once, but I kept getting a pussy signal." No, no one, and no one tells her that. Like, girl, this is wrong. Like, they don't even like say anything. Uh, no oh my gosh well, yeah and like the fact that she even goes to meet him while she's still with frank i know and nobody it's... says anything about that they just all are like oh how sad you got stood up you got Maybe stood you up the rooftop strangler guy <laughs> like nobody's like hey poor frank if you're, if you're going and meeting someone do you think you should really be with frank still <laughs> oh my god oh that my is gosh. so funny <laughs> yeah Her so yeah t- she has terrible friends she does <laughs> like, <laughs> like we don't we don't come on <laughs> condone emotional cheating on this podcast no. at all that's no, and like yeah said, if that's probably my um book like yeah that's probably my actually least favorite trope i don't think i've ever actually shared mine because i'm always asking what everybody else yes, is but yeah i think that's actually my least favorite is emotional cheating because it just doesn't make me feel good about the final couple getting together and so that's why of course, with this one, I'm really glad that they obviously both got out of relationships before they mm-hmm. ended up together at the end. Um, yes, but yeah, absolutely. it just makes yes, it makes me feel really that. icky. Like, yeah, it, does. <laughs> it makes there, me feel there really have icky. been a few. I'm trying to think. There have been a few, like a very select few books where technically I think you would count it as like emotional cheating, and that like where it didn't bother me like the way it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I guess there's exceptions to every rule. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if the woman is in, like, a violent relationship or, well, like, that was, some yes, type of, like, abusive relationship she was, where she Yes, that was to, one of them where she yeah. was trapped and she could not get out. Yeah, I don't, I don't count um, that. I would say if you and your partner are on mostly, like, good terms, like, mostly, like, yeah. there's no glaring flags. You have the opportunity to break up with them if you could. You have the opportunity to yes, get out of the like, relationship. Kathleen yeah. was not in any danger by leaving. Absolutely uh, not. So, yeah. <laughs> not no. in danger. Uh, no. <laughs> I just picture no. him, like, trying to be dangerous with the typewriter. <laughs> <in it. laughs> I, I just say, like, what's he going to do? Throw a typewriter at her? But even then, no, because he loves his typewriter he so would, much. He no, he wouldn't. He like, wouldn't want to dance. <laughs> he would never. He would never do that. But, yeah, no, no I, I, I get where you're saying there. I don't, I don't count that as emotional cheating then. I think that's, like... I don't even know what that is. Like, I don't think there's a, a trope for that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like damsel in distress. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I can see past it though. Yeah, like, no, right. It They make it easy for you to see past it because they're both in slightly indifferent relationships. You know what I mean? Like you see it in their routines, you see it in all of that. And so they, they make it more palatable that way, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where maybe it's why it took us both so long to actually see this. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was very surprised that I... Because, like, the catfishing thing, like I said, that was something that, like, I've, I think I've made fun of for years, like, mm-hmm. in the past. I've just been like, oh, ha, ha, this is really funny. Like, he essentially catfishes her. But, like, the emotional cheating, like, it never even occurred to me that they were both in relationships, like, in the beginning. Yeah. Like, I think my brain yep. never, like, processed that. And then, like, holy no. crap, I was watching this morning and I was like, she literally, like, looks around and makes sure that, like, her boyfriend leaves before she messages, like, this stranger. And I was just yep. like, how would I feel if Chris did that? I would be very upset. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, 100%. <laughs> like, really mad. You, you can't just, like, you can't that, like... You can't explain that away in a way not that okay. makes it like not, yeah, that makes yeah. it not emotional cheating. And that's like, yes. okay, why, why haven't you been like, oh, hey, like, like, I mean, Jason is not online at all. Like, he's mm-hmm. not on social media. He never has been. But like, you know, I tell him about like, you know, he calls them my, um, what does he call you guys? My, because uh, he has a funny name for disease but basically basically like oh are they like your turkish man bun friends (laughs) turkish um, man bun friends (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because ek being our first one like that's what he associates all disease with now Mm -hmm. is john divot Mm -hmm. um and so yeah like so he like like he yeah he doesn't know you guys individually but like he knows you guys are around he knows you guys exist he knows no same like Like, when i'm um, doing a podcast today with someone i've never met like exactly yeah i'm I'm not like let me go lock myself in the bathroom (laughs) so i can do this podcast with rebecca and not tell jason like (laughs) oh my god i really want this to be a secret now like this is like some (laughs) secret (laughs) life that you have where he's just like what are you doing in there and you're like nothing (laughs) i'm using the restroom you're just like you're a secret podcaster like You're emotionally podcast cheating. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I completely get you. Like, Chris knows about the DZs, obviously, because, like, I've watched them. We live together. And also, like, he even bought, like, a sweatshirt from you guys for Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, last year, like, the squeezing lemon one. And he, like, talks about it every time I wear it. So, like, he's aware. I I couldn't imagine, like, doing something, like, legitimately behind his back. Like, of of course, like, there's probably small things. Like, I don't tell him, like, everything I do throughout the day. But, like, this type of thing. Every purchase I make, necessarily. No, exactly. But, like. Sometimes the Target bags come in through the garage. Out of the front door, like you know, but I love that so much. <laughs> we'll make sure he doesn't listen to this at all because oh my gosh, he doesn't exposing, listen to like exposing ever. your your target, <laughs> your target <laughs> purchases. <laughs> oh god, I'm sorry, it's so funny, but yeah, I yeah, basically, what we're saying is don't <laughs> chat people outside of your partner's knowledge or like. Yeah, just just don't do it. Don't follow You've Got yeah, Mills. Not in that way where you're clearly very emotionally, in, like where you're starting to depend on them for emotional support. Exactly. Depending on your partner for. Yeah. Like I would not ask someone like a stranger, like how to like, I don't know, like quit my job or like a really important like business question. Like I feel like I would probably go to right, my cause, partner cause with she doesn't, that. She doesn't ask Frank about, you know, because when that one author is like, oh, you know, you should get that nut from the observer to write an article, get you yeah. exposure, this sort of thing. Like, that's the first time like, she oh, even talking about Frank. That's the first time she even she thinks about off- going to him for help. Like, I don't think she would have like. I don't think she does it until that. She yeah, talks until someone. To Joe, yeah, mm-hmm. and then he gives her that advice and to go to the mattresses, and then she's like, "Yeah, I should Frank. probably." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, so where it's like it should have been like that. Frank should have been the one you should have been able to go to for that. Um, exactly. But, you know, we also have talked about him and how, like, he wasn't super helpful. He is so. a wet blanket. Like, he is the wet. And, again, like I said, like, that perfect person on paper character. To be fair, mm-hmm. though, he is not as wet as Walter was in Sleepless in Seattle. Like, he couldn't, like, sleep oh without, like, a, <laughs> with, like a, a, a vaporizer or something. The, the CPAP? <laughs> like, his... His breathing machine. <laughs> If you, I'm sorry. No, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at the fact. I'm not laughing at like the machine itself. Okay, like I understand people have to use those. I'm laughing at the use of it because like they really wanted you to like. They really wanted to show just how like I don't know like it it, like it was a part of his character though. He was like allergic to everything. Like, <laughs> which, like, again, none of this is his fault. But they're like making it, no, making like, it a person. They were making them personality traits. They were, <laughs> they were, and that's why, like, they do Bill it all Pullman. the time. Like, like that's what the, I mean, Greg Kinnear, Bill Pullman. I love both of them, and it's like, why did you both agree to play the wettest like, of blankets of characters? Yes. <laughs> No, I mean no harm to your husband and his. I know you don't. don't. It just made me laugh because that's the first time I've like realized, like, oh yeah, he has to use one of those, but it's never been like portrayed as an aspect of his personality. No, they like make if you go back and watch it, they make it so (gasps) prominent. It's like a reason why she can't. It's like why she can't sleep, and she like goes and um like listens to the radio. Yeah. Again, like they always make her emotionally cheat because I think. I mean, technically, in that film, she hadn't contacted him yet. Like, she does, like, write him that right. letter, which is, like, ugh. Um, but even prior to then, like, on her emotions and feelings were starting to be invested in another area while she was in a relationship. And I was just oh, like, sure, okay, we're she, doing this again. She, like, flies to Seattle before she breaks up with him, right? <laughs> like, to try to track him Meg. back. I know she doesn't actually approach, you know, approach him. Um, but, like... She still went to go. She went across country <laughs> no. to go find him. Girl, like, get it together. <laughs> and crap. Why am I ruining every movie? Because when Harry met Sally, when they finally sleep together, aren't they? He's at least seeing someone. That like, he's seeing young someone. Bakery girl. Yeah. Right. Is yeah. she seeing anyone at the time? I can't. Oh, I haven't seen that one in a really I mean, I know long it was time. like I know it's casual, like when it happened, but like still there are people they're like, seeing, but still they're like seeing other people. But that Holy was crap. That's what I'm saying. Nora that Efron. was what are you that, doing? Not even her though. Like, I mean, she established that common thing of like you don't realize who you want to be with until you're with someone yeah. else. Like I think that's a very yeah. common trope. And it kind of is an extension of the triangle, I would say. Like, it's, it's like, I think, like, there's this obsession with, like, mm-hmm. knowing that you're really into a person by comparing it to someone else or by, you know. Yeah. So that's just, yeah, that's funny, though. Like, Meg needs to get it together. She needs to stop <gasps> cheating on her fictional. <laughs> Although, to her be fair to Nora Efron, I'm pretty sure Rob Reiner's who did um, When Harry Met Sally. So Okay, yeah. <laughs> I won't just throw her under the bus. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, and it's funny. I, I guess they, they again, they kind of do this um, in You've Got Mail, but again, they totally flub the emotional cheating. But the fact that when she does break up with Frank, she doesn't think she necessarily has a chance with this 
mystery NY152 guy. Like, even she acknowledges, like, no, there's not someone else. There was the idea of someone else. Like, her realizing um, that she um, that she wants she wants something like what she at least has emotionally with this mystery guy, even yeah. if it's not with him. Right. Um, and so I do kind of applaud that. It's not because I really hate when the breakup doesn't happen and after they've basically secured the other person. Oh, like, yeah. That's okay, a so really you had to good wait point. They had like a sure thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, that's a really good point. Like for her, all hope is kind of lost at that point. Like right, she stood her up at this point. He's not mentioned yeah. anything about them meeting again. So as far as she knows, it's a lost cause as far as them really making a connection. Right. But that's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. So I kudos do that. Kudos to you got mail for doing yeah. that. Because yeah, that <laughs> I don't see that common actually. Like now that you think now that I think about it, I think even the most like recent rom coms the other person, if there is one, is pretty much like solidified. Right, like, like they've either kissed yeah. or something's happened. Yeah, and again, I'm going, them. I'm going based off Hallmark movies because that's usually what I watch. But like, <laughs> that, and those ones, like sometimes it's like at the altar, like, <laughs> like the person right? like realizes yeah. that they shouldn't be marrying the person, and they like run away in a <clears throat> in a <throat> wedding dress. <clears throat> oh, um, <laughs> that was very subtle, by the way. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was just clearing my throat. Yeah, you're just clearing your throat. <laughs> no, it's okay because I. Oh my god, who did I? I like dragged Edwina randomly, like on the first episode. <laughs> so like, this isn't. But I promise, this is not like a Bridgerton dragging podcast. But it's just a really good example, though. It's a really good example of some of these like larger tropes that we talk about. Like, mm-hmm. I will say that like. It's very trope heavy, which I love. Like I'm all about tropes, oh, even yeah. if they're good or bad. And so, right, you know, if you're tropes a Bridgerton, are tropes for yeah, a reason, exactly. So, yeah. If you're a Bridgerton lover, and we keep using that as an example, I promise it's not because we like hate it. It's just a really no, good. No, we don't. I promise. Way we don't. I, to like yeah. explain like <laughs> certain tropes right. and stuff. But yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm trying to think if there's anything else before we get to the the crux of the her finding out um Mm -hmm. yes okay the catfishing aspect so the only reason why again i think it is catfishing the only reason why i think i said stalkery is because doesn't she at one point say like it's so funny we keep running into each other right you're right because he does kind of set up manufactured meat cutes yeah yes a manufactured meat cute oh very that's a really good phrase yeah um yes a manufactured meat cute because that is yes, that is he... stalking Kristen. that is not a manufactured <laughs> you just Listen, made a, it's the tom a hanks cute. effect okay it's the tom hanks Did you effect. just make a cute term for stalking <laughs> yes when we when we can excuse it it's the tom hanks effect trademark from here just on out. Picture someone getting locked up and being like, I wasn't stalking okay, though. I listen. manufactured all of our meat cutes. Okay, That's listen. It. It's fine. Listen, I'm gonna use your own example from your own tweet today. Oh no. Joe from you, he manufactures meat cutes, but no not once were we like, let's excuse that. This is sweet and adorable. Because <laughs> he's a stalker. But when jo- when Joe slash Tom Hanks does it we excuse it. The Tom Hanks <laughs> effect. Obviously, the Penn Bagley, 
Pen Bagley, is that how you say his last name? Badgley? He doesn't have the same effect. Badgley? Bag, Bagley? You always yeah. know who we're talking about. Damn the no. gossip girl. Um, <laughs> so, this is a hot mess. I love it. Yeah. But like, yeah, you're right. Because after they have that whole exchange in the apartment where they kind of, I don't know that they really, would you call that like a ceasefire? Like, on well, I not, think I think he leaves determined to change her mind. I think yes, at that point, she's kind of like, because he's like, she says, why did you show up again? Because she's like really mm-hmm. out of sorts because she's sick. Right. And he's like, I wanted to be your friend. And like, I don't yeah. really see any type of like emotions on her face. She's kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go back to bed. You weirdo. Yeah, like she's confused um, by but that. But you can tell he has resolved in himself that he's going to like actively try. And he even says that. I think he um, doesn't, doesn't she... Like, when they say we want to meet again, and he's like, I have a project I'm working on. And so I think he's like, okay, I think I could get well, somewhere when, with her. When he says I have a project I'm working on, I'm pretty sure that's him as NY152. I don't think he says that in the apartment. No, that's what I'm saying. But I think, oh, like, oh, oh. he had already set it up in his brain okay. that he was going to yes. try to, like, woo her and win her over. Oh, and he sure, didn't, he he didn't see with- it as, like, he didn't see their like meeting when she was sick as like okay she wants me to back off completely type thing i guess and that's right, kind of how I, I took it yeah okay that's why i saw it as more like a ceasefire like she's not it's not like a let's be friends yeah um just more of like she's not going to actively hate him anymore right um and or, yeah and he know, took that and, as like a way of yeah trying like an to open door yeah well and did you notice too when he brings her daisies and she's like oh i love daisies don't you think daisies are the friendliest flower um and he is like, yeah. He's like, you told me. You told me, and she does not even. She does not even register that because she's probably hopped up on. Wait, like, when well. did he? Oh my god, was he referring to the chat? I thought maybe he, yeah. she had actually told him no, at some point, and I just didn't remember. No, no, when he says you told me, he he is referring to like when they were talking online. Oh, that's okay. It's Tom Hanks because that's. <laughs> That's a little the, again, terrifying. The Tom Hanks effect. <laughs> that is so terrifying. If you change like the music, like this is <laughs> this is a scary movie. I'm really, some like horror film sound. Oh my god! <laughs> I just truly thought that like because I remember rewatching that scene today, and I was like, maybe I just didn't remember. Like maybe she just like casually said it, like when because they ran into each other a couple times. Like they that party or into, something. Oh yeah, the party. But they just, yeah, they just have that argument about caviar being right. Garnish, and he just oh like, my god takes it all. Uh, yeah, oh god. He de- so he definitely was dropping hints. Um, Jesus, it, help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That just really Listen, scarred me for life. When Tom Hanks. When Tom Hanks does it, it's excusable. Okay. No, and um, also, I mean, like the framing, like, and, and that's. Yeah, like yeah, again, frame it. because again, a lot of you? these tropes are not <laughs> are not stuff that you would want to happen to you in real life. And again, that's why we watch rom coms. Right. Like we watch rom coms mm-hmm. to escape. So like, amen. They're completely fine, but it's just really funny that no, I didn't it is. even when you, like when you look at it through the lens of like real life. You're like, what? Because like, I would have been. I mean, granted, again, maybe she's hopped up on Dayquil and stuff, but like. I would have been like, when did I tell you that? And like, <laughs> no, I think I would have been too. I would have been like, how do you know I like daisies? Yeah, and, and then him being all insert quiet, like, you the... told me, I'd be like, when did you, when did I tell you this? Yeah, 
it and then he kills her and the movie goes off like literally like that's how that would have went so <laughs> we're glad it was a rom-com <laughs> thank god it's a rom-com no but i think oh my god. i think that's what um i've never actually watched the show you for a very dumb reason and i'll share it the main I, character's I, I name have never even finished the first season um the first season the main character's name they call her beck and that's also a nickname that I use. Her name's her oh. name is in her name is is not Rebecca. I don't remember why they call her Beck, but they do. And so I like don't I don't know why, but something about like a Beck getting stalked. I was like, I can't watch this. So I like no never thanks. watched. It's like such a stupid reason not to watch a show. But hey, from listen, from what I've seen, they take all of the rom com tropes and essentially just make them amplified and like oh, compl- in a stalkery. Yeah, because like, he like finish the first i couldn't even finish the first yeah season. but he like, like looks her up on like head. facebook uh-huh. and like mm-hmm. follows her on social media so he can manufacture <laughs> meat uh-huh. yep. um yep. and so yeah it's it's when you think about it it's kind of like frightening that we tend to love these tropes that when they're flipped they're just as like not okay oh. um context I don't- <laughs> is everything <laughs> context is super <laughs> duper important um Yes, that is so funny. But yeah, catfishing aside, let's go ahead and get to this. Like, this honestly might be one of the best rom com endings. I'm like in my eyes. I, to- I don't I to- consider me. Pride and Prejudice to be a rom com, but that's probably one of my favorite fave mm-hmm. romance endings. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't call it a rom com. No, either. it's not a rom com. I just, I guess, like historical romance or a Regency era romance would probably be the the best way to describe it. That's probably one of my Although, favorite. You know what's interesting is mm-hmm. technically. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna get really nerdy right now, but no, it's technically, fine. it's a con- it's a contemporary novel because it was written during that time. Like to us, it's historical, but like, so if someone writes a book right wow. now that is set in like 1820. That's a historical role, or you know, any time in the past, that's historical. Yeah. But if you think about it, when Jane Austen wrote these books, she was writing them for the time period in which she lived, so they are yeah. contemporary novels, right? Because actually, at that time, they wouldn't have been like, "Oh, this is a Regency era uh, nope. body of work." Mm-hmm. They would have just said, "This is like a body of work." From okay. Right yeah. So, just had to throw that. Little no, thing. I like like <laughs> you just like I mean, broke me for a second. We're gonna, we're gonna refer to them as historicals because oh no, because we we'll, are absolutely for, for me <laughs> contemporary novels are like colorful paperback books um <laughs> that, like all the rom-coms have like the same book covers nowadays like there's just like don't get me started letters covers and like y'all. a <laughs> i think they stopped doing that though i like read something i'm i'm spiraling but if you listen to the podcast you should be used to this by now <laughs> i had yeah. saw something where i guess women don't feel comfortable reading romance yeah, yeah, novels like, in public if they have yes. like fabio on the cover right, and right, so right. that's yeah. why they started making them look honestly they kind of look like young ya novels to me now like well, they look right, like young the adult covers novels are very um misleading um if you're yeah. not like super like i think people that are just generally in the romance community like who read a lot they know better but like someone who's just browsing a bookstore and like sees yeah. a cute little cartoon drawing like you don't necessarily know like oh no because those pages they will be um, like hardcore smut and it'll just be like a guy and a girl standing with a cup a cup of coffee on the front of the cover right and like right, right. by page 30 she's like bent over and you'd had no idea because like <laughs> the cover is yeah, like and then you're so like innocent. um yeah exactly <laughs> 
So, like, there's a but, lot of indie authors who, because mm-hmm. um, indie authors, like, they make their own covers and all that. They're not traditionally published through, like, one of the big publishing houses. They A lot of them will make what they call discrete covers. So they'll have, like, their main cover, which is, like, you know, like the shirtless dude kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll just have, like, a discrete cover that's, like, a pretty floral pattern or something, like, whimsical with just, like, the title as an alternative to buy. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. As that's yeah. cool. I didn't realize that was a thing. Dis- mm-hmm. yeah. That's really cool. It's not a big thing within like with traditional publishing. Like they just mm-hmm. make their cover and that's that. And it's usually like the cartoony one. So you don't really need something discreet. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of um, indie authors will offer alternative slash discreet covers for that exact reason. I'm learning so much on today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Anyway, sorry. So yes, they, the, no, the manufactured fine. meat cutes, you're the manufactured fine. meat cute, they... I do now. I know they're manufactured for the most for the first like two or three, and then he and then he is, like, finally oh, is like to me. yeah on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> and like he yeah yeah. Do you want to run into me on purpose? Say Saturday or whatever. Um, and they have this is when we kind of get to see the. It's kind of like a montage, you know, of them like obviously yeah. growing closer as friends and like chatting more. She does kind of confide in him about NY one five two. Yeah, and then they have that really funny scene about guessing mm-hmm. what the. But, one five two. Yeah, means. what it means. And yeah, he's like, yeah, and some of that didn't age very well either. But, um, like, what did he say? Like, because it's like the number. Of, what does he say? Like, one hundred and fifty-two, like, cranes to get him out of his house or something. Oh like that. yeah, like, like, yeah, really like that. yeah. Like and doesn't he do like cringy. a a mole one? Like, how do you find yeah, yes, yes, like something? how many like moles? Yeah, yes. and then she's like, but I love when she's like one hundred fifty-two insights into my, my soul, and he's <laughs> like, okay, relax. He's um, like, oh, how do you compete with that? And I'm like, sir, you I know are him, and you know that. Uh, <laughs> I know, and that's where that you have that internal struggle because it's like you're like, this is so weirdly invasive and gross, but also like it's Tom Hanks, and like he it's knows, charming, and he knows and- how much she loves him, and like you can just see how right? he's like, he's kind of like radiating at this point, but like, he, like well, he's and you smirking and to that, himself internally, yes, kind of, sort of like, and you kind of understand why he's doing it this way because she's like, well, she hates Joe Fox, like, yeah, or at least like she has a big, there's a big elephant in the room between us as Joe Fox, and so if I can like be her friend and like give her advice with this guy and like maybe um soften the blow of the fact that like we're the same two people um now i think in a dz or in a soap opera that revelation would have come and it would have been like the thing oh they would have breaks them up oh no yeah they would have made that the lie that the person had to carry for uh 35 (laughs) episodes (laughs) <laughs> and um spoiler alert but if you haven't seen uh oh my god Kyrillic ash i knew that's where you were going yeah <laughs> i haven't you... even seen it but I oh know oh my I god know. yeah i don't i don't want to get into that right now because i'll just <laughs> be very upset <laughs> but yeah if, if this was a DZ, we would spend 52 episodes of him not telling her and then right. we would find out in the final episode, and then it would go to commercial, and you have to wait for season two. So, so um, I'm but listen, but listen, really glad we don't have that here because he is Mister One Hundred and Fifty Two Insights into her soul. Let's just say he really understands, like that. This is the best approach to like bridge that gap for them. And obviously no, it's and I do agree with that. Ends, but any earlier amount of time, and it wouldn't have gone well. And so he no. he did take the time and effort to show her 
a different side of him. Um, yes, and again, it, go, it goes just a suit. Yes, it goes back to like never in a suit when exactly. Just it goes back out. to how he, she perceives him. Like that. Like mm-hmm. that is like what he really focuses on. Um, yeah. And yeah, and, and he like he's like, oh, I own a boat. Like we could never be together. Like that was another kind of like funny. Yes, because like, she's like, I could never under the who, mm-hmm, owned, a who owned a boat. And he's like, oh, well, that seals it. I own a boat. We could never be together. Like, yeah. He's just throwing those little like hints um, and. Yeah. Yeah. Like also exactly if it was a Deezy, we, we would have gotten a flashback of her um we've gotten her having flashbacks of all these moments. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it would have been in slow mo and it would have taken like fourteen minutes to um to get through it of intense staring back and forth at one another. <laughs> <laughs> She would have just, we would have saw like the, the daisy scene come back. Like it would have replayed about the daisies and she yes. would just come like, how did he know about the daisies? Oh, um, that's how he knew. That's so funny. But the scene, the scene leading up to it, because I think he asks her to like do something later, knowing she's already made plans to meet this guy. Yeah. Mr. NY152. Mm-hmm. And then at, he stop, um, he stops her like right before and like says his little... Um, oh monologue, which yeah. yeah, it's it's good. It really is. It's, it's really so good. good when he's like, yeah, we'd be because she's like, he says something about you know, oh how I wish you would forgive me and all this stuff, and he's like, you know, because you know we we wouldn't be that couple, or we could just fight over what movie we're gonna watch yeah. Friday night. She's like, no, not us, and he's like, yeah, and something about popcorn and this, and yeah, I'd ask you, do you want to, you know, if I just met you in some other way, I'd ask you. Do you want to get a copy? Get a yeah. cup of coffee. And then he says something for, like forever and ever for as long for as we as long as we both shall, shall live. live. Which also I'm like, okay, calm down, slow your roll. Like <laughs> you guys just <laughs> of like you're in the early you're in the early phases um, <laughs> of the relationship. Why are you proposing to this woman? Um, yeah. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like. Yes, you're right. Again, the reality lens is... I told you this episode was just going to be me ruining (laughs) one of your favorite movies over and over and over again. I warned you. I I warned you. I'll still be able to watch it with my nostalgic lens, but I will never not be able to see this stuff now. Um, And so, um, I... Yeah, I did love that scene, though, still. Just the whole way he delivers it is just so, like heartfelt and so just like man if you could just forgive me this one little minor thing of basically changing the entire trajectory of your life and career um this is like what we could have and you can tell she's actually like struggling with it because she's enjoyed who she's gotten to know over these last few weeks i assume um and even the notion like they say something earlier where she's like i have so much time like i have so Mm -hmm. much free time now and so like you can tell that, like, he even kind of used that of, like, maybe she won't see me, like, essentially closing her business as, like, this huge bad thing anymore because it's given her time in her life to try to, to write a book because that's what she, like, does by the end of the movie. Yeah, She's, like, writing a book to explore other options. Have yeah. Before. And so yeah. you can kind of see the wheels turning in these different directions. And it makes you as a viewer believe that I'm like, okay, she actually has forgiven him. And, like, maybe this wasn't this terrible thing that i mean it was but like yeah yeah she's gotten over it she's gotten over it so you don't have this like pit in your stomach at the end of the film like it feels good to see them get together because you're not like oh but what about like the the bookstore and like what about her mother's legacy and all this other stuff like she's gotten over it and so we as an audience also yeah get over it 
Because even when she's like, she's kind of teary-eyed and she's like, I have to go. Like, because obviously, like, she's built this whole relationship with this, you know, mystery man. And she's not just going to drop that. But at the same time, like, this is a real tangible man in front of her who's basically saying, like, you know, he's putting it all out there. Um, And so I I like seeing her struggle. But ultimately, she's like, no, like, this is who this is who I want. This is who I agreed to go meet, be with, whatever. And you see it when she, like, comes out from getting ready and she's kind of starts to run. But then is trying to, like, slow herself down. And she's like, um, she's like you know okay slow down slow down don't walk or don't run walk be cool be calm yeah um making her way to the park and of course yes yeah she walks to the park and she's like looking around and like you hear first of all the music comes in and of course it's somewhere over the rainbow because why would it be Mm -hmm. anything else and you just hear tom um i keep calling him tom (laughs) you hear joe (laughs) You hear Joe. I know, I know. (laughs) You hear Joe like calling out Brinkley's name and like your heart just and the crazy thing about it is we know. Like we're the audience. Like we know. know. We're not surprised. We've known this whole time. No. We've known this entire time. (laughs) And like for some reason, like literally every time it happens, like I get so I'm just like, whoa. Like (laughs) like not surprised, but I still get this like butterfly thing in my in my stomach like i get this feeling of just like excitement because i'm like oh my god like she's finally gonna like realize that like the person that she's been falling in love with have you ever prize party for someone before like you know all about it the entire time but you're still like nervous and never done that they like i've actually never done that i have done surprises for people though though like Okay. But yeah, so it's like that same thing where it's like, you yeah. know it's coming, you've known from the beginning, but at the same time, you're still totally anticipating and like, yeah, excited for that person to finally figure it out. And, and that's that why, like, no, and that's what, what that also the, the payoff needs to be there. Like if she would have just been like, okay, <laughs> but like, <Yeah. laughs> imagine. I want to see like, a version where she's just was like, written by Nicholas Sparks. Oh. She would have like, <laughs> I have cancer. <laughs> I'm dying tomorrow. <laughs> We can't be together. Yeah. And that's, yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, A Walk to Remember is one of my favorite movies, too. Oh, know, like, God. I love A Walk to Remember. And I should have put that in my list when you asked. Because, like, I watched that. It came out when I was 15. And, like, I watched yeah. it in the theater so many times. To be fair, I, I think it. I said, did I say rom-coms or did I say romance movies? I don't I don't remember. You, to be fair, I think. I, I think, so, I think yeah, you might have. Definitely I, yeah, rom-com. I think you might have had rom-com brain. That's probably why you didn't say it. But yeah, that's. But Sada J. Sen is not a rom-com either. It's a super emotional Is it movie. super sad? It does. It has an well, ATA though. Even so. Turk- Turkish rom-coms aren't really rom-coms. So it's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, but I really, I think what I was saying earlier was like, I think this is like one of my favorite endings because like even, mm-hmm. you know, she's like. She's like, I wanted to be you so badly. And she starts crying. And he's like, don't cry, shop girl. Don't um, cry, shop girl. Oh, and, like, they kiss. And it's just so sweet. And, like, like rom-coms have a really good effect that even, like, when the scene ends and, like, the music keeps going and, like, the credits start to roll. Yeah, the credits like, are rolling. You still are, like, in this weird, like, bubble. You're still sitting in it. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Any- I mean, I think this morning I was the like, okay. I have like to- an afterglow. You're sitting no, in No, it really is. This morning... When I rewatched, I probably didn't because I've seen it so many times and I was like mm-hmm. probably prepping for a meeting. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'm turning this off. But like usually <laughs> when I do watch it, right. you like there's just like this lingering of like you said, like an afterglow. Like it just makes you feel like 
so warm inside and you're just like oh that was great like i can't yeah, like, like the whole setting of scene like in this park the lighting is like beautiful phenomenal. which obviously sure they planned that you know uh, yeah and like lighting is ev- lighting the, even is like everything. the cinematography like, like can we talk about yes. how uh, the kiss isn't shot from outer space like you know you get this really like <laughs> intense like up close <laughs> Up close kiss. Yeah, where they even have to like, like they have to like bat Brinkley away because he's like jumping. Yeah, no, and it, mm-hmm. you just really feel like you're there in the moment, which is, I guess, yeah. you think about it also a little creepy, but like it's but you're it's not, sweet. But it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like voyeurism. Like it, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, <laughs> it feels like it feels like we're it, friends of theirs, and we're like cheering them on. Like we finally see them get together, and we're just like yeah, all like holding our hearts. So yes. I I cannot believe that. It's almost been like over an hour and a half. <laughs> I'll be talking about <laughs> talking about oh you've got Mel. I didn't probably my fault. I talked. No, I expected this to probably to be longer because I knew that we're both <laughs> we both are big talkers. <laughs> so oh this gosh, is perfect. True. I had such a fun time though. Thanks so much for me too coming on the podcast. Like I, yes. I can't wait to do this. I'm definitely gonna have to have you back on um so just like start thinking about yeah, some yeah. other classics and they don't have to be classic i would love to get you on here for like what you would consider i guess to be trash so, like start thinking about like mm, the trashiest okay. thing i guess you've ever watched or like um like what you and it we may have to go down the turkish route because i feel like <laughs> i feel like you you kind of lean more towards the toxic things or you maybe enjoy them more when they're in like a Turkish movie or DZ format, mm-hmm. like, or yeah, a novel, a novel format. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, like, American movie or just, you know, like, English yeah. movies. But um, again, like, I, we've, we've had this conversation in the past where, like, you like the subtlety of it all. And obviously, mm-hmm. like, some, the trashiest American movies, like the ones we just covered, are not subtle at all. Like, they're about as subtle <laughs> right. as a brick in your face. Like, you turn it on and you have to make sure, you have to make sure that, like, no children are around or even animals for that factor. So, <laughs> I definitely get, I definitely get that. But yeah, <laughs> start thinking about, like, you know, a little bit more toxicity or something. I definitely want to get you okay. on for, for, uh, so we're not just melting into goo the entire time like we probably did <laughs> for this episode. I think Even I like when we were talking badly about it. We were still no, like, I'm still melting. I think I t- uh-huh. I've literally I'm touching my chest right now. Like I've literally like I've like clutched my heart like so many times because I'm just like oh it's so sweet. I know. I'm so, so yeah, that's what I'm trash for though is being able to like clutch my heart like that. Like that's that's my that trash. Is, like <laughs> you, well, that's a very nicely branded form of trash for sure. But I will. I am now. But you have given me a good challenge. I do want to think about like what i've actually watched over the course of my life and like see if there's anything that would actually qualify as trash that would be fun to come on here and talk with you about yeah so absolutely not like we're, have, we're not just recording like another you've got mail episode but with, <laughs> know. you know insert whatever movie here so. exactly all right well thanks again so much this has been such a good time um again this is trash romance central where we watch bad movies so you don't have to um I'm going to be honest with you guys. I do not know when the next episode is coming out. Um, I do not know what it's going to be about. So there you have it. Uh, (laughs) As always, um, I will link to uh, my Twitter in the description notes. Um, And feel free to at me. It's uh, trash 
underscore rom underscore lover on twitter um and if you have some recommendations for some movies that you would like for me and my guests to cover please let me know bye bye